in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. (laughs) Ho, 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 Mr. Art. Do you expect me to talk? (laughs) Wait. Wait, I'm supposed to be Goldfinger. Yeah, you're Goldfinger. (laughs) Ho, 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 Mr. Mr. Art. I expect you to die. Oh, good Lord. Um... I'm covered in gold. Oh Jesus, Andy, you're already finger banging the whole thing up. Gold, gold finger, gold finger banging, gold finger banging the whole thing up already. Yeah. Um, you know, Andy. Speaking of 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 gold finger banging, we've got a golden topic and a golden guest today, don't we? Yeah, this is probably going to go down as one of our most golden episodes ever. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, we're just literally going to bunkfunkers. We're going to literally shower you with gold during this episode. <laughs> There's going to be. This is just a golden shower coming right your way. I mean, and we're not we're not here to piss you off. Yeah. We're not we're not here to piss around. We're not taking uh-huh. the piss. Right. This is just straight golden showers yeah. for the next X amount, XXX amount of time. Insert the time there. Um, note to self for post. Insert the amount of time later. We'll do it in post. Yeah. Uh art cut all this out. Yeah, this I'm should be cut, cut it definitely, out. Definitely, definitely gonna cut all this out. Okay, but now we're back in. We're to, back this in the is show. what should go. And so, I mean, we have a great guest today, Andy, uh, and this is probably going to be his first and last time ever coming on this show. Not not our choice. <laughs> not our choice. His choice. His choice. Which, yeah. He's making the smart choice. Right. Because right. he's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. And we, you know, let's 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 get him into the bunk bunkers here. Yes. Uh, yes. We'd like to introduce to you our special guest today, Josh Shell. Josh Shell. Josh Shell. Uh, welcome, Josh. Uh, Josh, you you hey. you host the Let's Start a Cult podcast. Yes, and you also host co-host. The, you co-host the, uh, the Reddit on Wiki Reddit on Wiki podcast uh, with with John and Sean. And you can find Josh's uh, links. Let's start a cult at let's start let's start a cult podcast dot com and Reddit on Wiki dot com. Josh, welcome to the bunker. You guys nailed that. That was uh, an excellent, <laughs> excellent introduction. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Josh, I'd like to say right off at the top, if you go to www.letstartacultpodcast.com, where you can find all the recent Let's Start a Cult Podcast uh, episodes, at the top you have a banner that says, Practice Safe Sex. And sex is spelled S-E-C-T-S. That's very funny. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I change that banner up every once in a while, you know, keep it, uh, keep it cult related. I, I want people to know that when they are joining a sect to make sure it's, it's safe, you know, you got to practice safe Just sex. Yeah. Looking out for people. 
Um, it's really a public service when you think about it. It's true. Exactly. Yeah. Now. People come to me for the expertise. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Now, Josh, um, tell us a little bit. Tell us, tell us and the bunk fuckers a little bit about Let's Start a Cult podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, as you guys know, because you've been on it. Uh, oh. Exactly. Yeah. So if you want to get into it, go check out that episode with uh, with uh, Art and Andy. Um, yeah. So I have guests on and then I uh, essentially teach them how to start a cult by dissecting wow. uh, a cult each episode. And uh, we break down uh, how the leader was raised uh, of, of of that specific cult, and then we go into how they started the cult and how it usually inevitably ends. So it's uh, sometimes dark, but uh, it's always a good time. And it, and an important feature of Let's Start a Cult is the cult rating at That's the true. end of the episode, which I think is a very fun feature. That's right, uh, where you and your guests rate how good a cult it is. That's true. We do that. Uh, some would say controversial. I would say fun. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Fun. Yeah, we're all having fun here. Um, Josh, what kind of led you to wanting to start a, uh, you know, like a cult? Like what, what led you to wanting to, to talk about cults and explore those? Because they're, they're very much, um, like you said, a lot of the topics can be a little dark. Occasionally they're kind yeah. of fun, but like, you know, you have to, you have to toe a line of like, you know, not... Uh, you know, you try and rip in, you know, you don't want to punch down on the people who, who join the cult, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, sometimes uh, punching down is required, but uh, right. <laughs> not sure. all the time. Um, yeah. I, I found like during the pandemic, I started watching, uh, you know, some, some docu- documentaries and, and just li- trying to find podcasts on cult because I'm a big, big podcaster. So I'm always looking uh, for cult podcasts and, of uh, there's some good ones out there, but none that really, you know, uh, uh, tweaked my interest. You know, I like the conversation with a guest and 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 stuff like that. But uh, Parcast Network was the only big one, and they just kind of, yeah. you know, you, you wanted to do your uh, own thing. You wanted to uh, say, yeah. "Hey, this is ju- this is the Josh Shell take on uh, I, I the Golden Boy take," in. which is, of course, your nickname, um, <laughs> Josh, the Golden Boy Shell. That's right. I, I haven't heard that nickname before, but I oh, you haven't. That. Oh well, it's making its way around yeah. the internet. Lots of people are talking about in it. the communities. Wow. Well, that's that's awesome. Uh, you sure it's not another Josh? Yeah. Uh, it's a common white guy name. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's you, Josh. Yeah, yeah, you're we the, think you're it's the you. Golden okay. Boy. I mean, okay. regardless of what anybody else says, you are the Golden Boy in my mind. Yeah. So you wanted to kind of give your own spin, your own take, do something you own. You wanted to do. Um, you know, on, uh, on cults. And that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty solid. That's, that's definitely, uh, I think a lot of podcasters and a lot of people can identify with that. Yeah. Um, now obviously, you know, Josh, um, I think tangential maybe to, to cults is the, the world of the, uh, bizarre and the paranormal and the weird and the conspiracy that we kind of cover. Um, you know, we've covered in the past heaven's gate, um, which is kind of tied in. We've covered Jim Jones before. Um, but what's kind of your, where do you lean on those sorts of topics? Like if you were in the X-Files, are you more of a Mulder or you're more of a Scully? Oh, your audience is going to hate me. I haven't watched X-Files. That's okay. Are you more of a believer or a skeptic? Which one? Oh, uh, definitely more of a skeptic. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, I mean, I, I entertain the idea. Sure. I'll always listen to the other side. And uh, I, I like to hear uh, people's experiences because I, yeah. I think 
that's fascinating in its own. Even that's if true. someone believes they've seen a ghost or or something, you know, aliens or something like that, I think that's telling of the human psyche more than anything, wow. uh, which I find interesting. Um, so, so it is interesting just in a different way. I think as as a non-believer, oh, I guess. Wow. What a like emotional, emotionally connected and like humanistic take uh, that is very much not expected and much needed on a show like this. Yeah, what a breath of fresh air for this podcast. <laughs> wait, wait, where do you guys lean? Oh, uh, we're definitely in the skeptic yes. camp. For okay, sure. okay, for okay. sure. Um, like you, I think we find these sorts of topics entertaining. Um, yeah. We're in a lot of other camps as well that people want to try and put us in. <laughs> uh, they keep trying to like put us away in different camps, and, like forget about us, right, send us off right. to camp. You know, when I was a kid, my parents sent me to summer camp. Yeah, and forgot to pick me up for three years. That's right. <laughs> forgot. Uh, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. They forgot. Was, uh, they remembered when the court reminded them. Because <laughs> I got kicked out of the camp forcibly. Yeah. Um, yeah for- Josh. Okay. So you're more. You're more of a skeptic, right? Um, yep. But you have you have some familiarity with these these types of topics. Is there any have you ever heard of a conspiracy or something maybe paranormal that really just kind of hooked you a little bit? Something that you you do believe? Oh, my. Uh, or have you ever had a paranormal experience? You ever seen an I, alien? <laughs> I've never seen an alien. No, um, I've never really had paranormal experiences. You know, when you're a kid, you have you know, nightmares and stuff when right. after you read, read too many goosebumps books, but, Ooh, uh, good choice. Uh, conspiracy wise, <laughs> uh, conspiracy wise, I, I, I kind of just, uh, you know, they're kind of wild right now. There's a, there's too many to That's keep true. track of. <laughs> there is a lot. And then, you know, and, and, and then, you know, you just kind of entertain the ideas. I mean, um, you know, not everybody, uh, can, uh, has those at the ready to be like, oh yeah, this is my one baby. <laughs> this is my one that I just gotta have. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, up there in uh, in 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 old Canada, um, have you ever like you've never like run into anything kind of spooky or strange or bizarre? Any any kind of cryptids either? Maybe like something that's kind of uh, Canada focused, like some kind of like hockey playing um, like goat, <laughs> half goat, half like human yeah. thing that plays hockey and you the guys goatly? the goatly yeah. uh wayne gretzky the goat uh, <laughs> good answer wow uh, the edmund Ed, what is he edmonton what do you play for edmonton oh, la right. and the rangers and oh, st louis i think wow. for a bit uh now, but, he's, uh, now do you consider him the greatest hockey player of all time oh man um for sure, right now, but Connor McDavid is, uh, is gunning. He's gunning for that spot for sure. <laughs> Shout out to Connor McDavid. Connor yeah. McDavid, yeah. Hit us up Big if you want to be on the show too. Yeah, we'll bring Josh back. We bring <laughs> Josh back. Talk about hockey. Yeah, we can talk about hockey conspiracies. There we um, go. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> there's actually quite a few hockey conspiracies. I can't think of any right now, but I know there's like, um, like paying the ref and stuff oh, like yeah. that, or. Uh, you know, finals being rigged or something like we that. We might have to bring uh, Josh the Golden Boy back because yeah. <laughs> uh, we covered sports are fake before, which is a, a prevalent conspiracy where uh, people believe that sports, all sports leagues are rigged. But because Andy and I are, we're just not the biggest hockey guys. I think the NHL didn't get a lot of good representation there. And That's uh, fair. unfortunately, and uh, yeah, I mean, boy, we got to we got to dig into why that league sucks. <laughs> 
we can talk about how the Leafs are cursed. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> that's right. They've uh, they've uh, yeah. never won, right? That's uh, that's kind of uh, the thing. No, that's not. Once. They they haven't won in since '67, I think. Wow. So wow. they're. I think they're the longest uh, sports franchise that hasn't won a, a, a like a trophy or cup in in that long. So oh, so, wow. and sadly, they are my team. So ooh, um, just, double whammy, double whammy. Yeah. It's fun to watch them uh, get out in the first round every year. So (laughs) (laughs) I love it when your team makes the playoffs and then gets knocked out immediately. Yeah. Uh, No, not immediately. They make it to game seven every time, but they somehow fuck it up in spectacular fashion. (laughs) That's even better. (laughs) It's true. Maybe, hey, maybe there's some kind of uh, heartbreak is what keeps you coming back for more. That's true. And, and <laughs> maybe like there is like a paranormal or conspiracy thing you believe in, which is the curse of the Toronto Maple Leaves. Uh, why there we go. Win. Maybe that do is they, the Do one, they have actually. some I'll kind of that. curse or, or yeah, thing? Because, you know, somebody bring like a weird bird to a game right. once. And- <laughs> We're here in Chicago and uh, and famously we had the, the Chicago Cubs were cursed right. for, a, for a long, long time before they broke that spell in 2016. And that was and, a goat. And that was a goat. <laughs> uh, someone brought a goat to the stands or something and they like... The killed, Billy Goat they Tavern. They killed the goat. The goat what do they do? They eat they the goat? They made the goat leave. They and, made the goat leave. You know, they said you're never going to win a World Series. Yeah. Get out of here. Goat. <laughs> Did anything like that happen with the Maple Leafs? Yeah. They have any sort of animal or other tie-in? Uh, that's or a great question. I, I don't know if they've actually had a curse. Um, no. They're just cursed with I, bad management. So I, I, from what I can just recalling off the top of my head, there was some sort of plane crash. And I can't remember if oh. it was... There was part of the team was on it or something like that back in the 60s or something. I, I don't know. Um, but they haven't won since that crash, maybe, is oh. what I'm thinking. But again, oh, wow. we'll, we'll come. You, can guys have, you guys can have me back on uh, wow. and, and uh, I'll do a little bit more research. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Well, we'll have to see if we can afford to have you back on because you charge a very high price. Here. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that's true. I'm not, I'm not cheap. Uh, <laughs> now, Josh, no offense, but. Maple Leafs, not a very threatening mascot. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the, well, the mascot's a polar bear. So oh, now that's a cool. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Josh, what's your take on the Seattle Kraken? Oh, love that name. You and love that colors. name. Great. That's great. Agree, totally. It's a very cool yeah. name. And their colors are uh, probably one of the best in the NHL. They really are. If not mm-hmm. all um, of sports. It, they're, they're just... It's so different. It's it's just so different from any other one. And and then Kraken is just. I mean, you get to say than... release the Kraken. I mean, anytime exactly. you can say that, you know. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the the marketing of yeah Seattle Kraken, like that's got to be up there in terms of sports. Like right. the name, the the branding of it, like it's v- so, very well done. My only uh, criticism is I remember when they first announced the team. Um, they started calling the fan base the crackheads, which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not, not great, but it's kind of funny. Uh, it is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I would be a crackhead for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for different um, reasons. Anyway. For different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. God. All right. Moving on. Cut that out. Anyway. Uh, Josh. Josh. Um, um, have you ever. What, let's start a cult. You've covered quite a few cults by this point. Oh, yeah. Um, is there any cult that was your favorite or like any right. episode in the Let's Start a Cult catalog? That's yeah, your some favorite? punk funkers wanted to come and check out www.letstartacultpodcast.com where you can find all your social media links and all your <laughs> past episodes. I mean, what, what kind of cults jump out to you? What were you like, oh, my God, this cult? 
Oh man, there's so many. So some of the fun ones are the dark ones. I'm not going to lie just because they are um, weird. And so the anthill kids for that reason is definitely one that uh, uh, is interesting. And on top of that, it was uh, one of the camps they stayed at or areas they stayed at was like an hour away from where I grew up, which was kind of cool. So I haven't had a cult that close to me before. Um, Now, granted, this was like before I was born. So it's not sure. Not like uh, I was associated with them or anything, but Uh uh, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a pretty suspicious thing to throw in there. Nobody was accusing you of being associated with them. (laughs) Hasn't been proven anyway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe the golden boy is actually the ax boy. Yes, yes. The uh, torture. He tortured people. It was it was awful. But uh, it is a very it, dark one that you, yeah. we. Uh, yes, you you definitely you mentioned that as a topic we could potentially cover. And maybe yeah. we will one day. Yeah, um, definitely. It, it, it's an interesting one. Um, the ones with you guys. The one with you guys on was uh, great. The Saul Newton uh, one. That was a fun one. And was. then uh, the House of David was a really interesting one because it was yes. Mostly a whole, like, not wholehearted is the wrong it's word. It's kind of but, more tame. Uh, it's a little bit more tame, tame right? Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it basically was a town that, and then they were just really, really good at baseball, which is weird. <laughs> so, And that's one that's um, still ongoing. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, the, the town still exists, and they, there still are people that probably practice it within the town, but right. I think, um, I think it's a minority now, or much less than there was in their right. heyday so for sure um but yeah definitely still around uh so that's kind of cool not not many cults last that long that's true yeah uh, thankfully and uh well yeah. you know bunkfuckers obviously please check out uh, uh let's start a cult podcast wherever you can get fine podcasts i mean you, you got them on all the different podcatchers uh, but again you can find them at let's start a cult podcast.com and don't um, forget to also check out reddit on wiki that's right reddit yeah. on wiki.com and that is where you guys, uh, you kind of, it's kind of just a hodgepodge. That's right? a hodgepodge, a smorgasbord, right? Yeah, a smorgasbord. Yeah, that's a great, uh, great description. Yeah, we kind of. Wow. So each week, uh, there's three of us. So each week, one of us takes a topic, and then uh, we, you know, the research is shittier on that podcast. I'll say <laughs> um, that feels right at home yeah. with us. Yeah, that's why we yeah. like it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we we kind of do whatever we want. So uh, I do a lot of history stuff because I don't get to do that as much on Let's Start a Cult, which I okay. find uh, fun. And then um, my buddy John does. Uh, he'll do paranormal stuff. Uh, he's done uh, Aswang, uh, which mm-hmm. are Filipino uh, monsters. I, I believe they're comparable to Brothers Grimm. Um, so it's like a and cryptid, cryptid kind of cryptic, kind of yeah. normal monster, yeah, yeah. So he's done an episode on that. I think we're going to return fun. to that as well. We've also done Brothers Grimm, so that's a fun one. Oh. And then Sean does uh, a lot of sports stuff, but he also has us read uh, not safe for work uh, fantasy. Wow, <laughs> if a man after I mean. our own hearts. Yeah. So and, so every third episode you get some some us reading smut anyway. <laughs> and there's a lot of that on the Patreon too, am I right? Uh not yet, but uh Sean is really pushing oh. for that. So it might be a series soon on Patreon for go. us. Right. Wow. Uh well, uh, uh if you ever uncover any uh Hung Steinpecker or CS Puis, <laughs> uh you know, we'll uh but maybe we maybe we can send you some links someday to uh those famous <laughs> Erotic fantasy authors of of uh, 
of your of lore. I don't know whatever the fucking phrase is. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I gotcha. Anyway, I mean, uh, we got a great topic though, a great cult topic. I mean, I you know. Not great as in like, oh, yay cults, but uh, <laughs> this is a fascinating one that I think a lot of people maybe haven't heard of, Yeah, uh, but it, it covers a, a wide array of different topics. It's it's considered a kind of UFO style cult, a mm-hmm. also maybe a doomsday cult. You could kind of mm-hmm. break it down in different ways, but um, this is a great one here. This is uh, Chen Tao here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Wow, Bunkies, we have quite an episode for you today. Oh yeah, baby. This episode is going to be one of our classic episodes, but also obscure and cool. A cult classic, if you will. Ooh-wee, goo-goo-ga, my catchphrase. Andy, that's very on the nose, because today we're talking about a cult. And so we figured there's no one better to help us serve up the whole enchilada on a topic quite like this than Josh Shell of Let's Start a Cult Podcast. Let's Start a Cult Podcast.com at Let's underscore Cult on Instagram and Twitter and co-host of Reddit on Wiki, Reddit on Wiki.com. That is R-E-D-D-I-T on Wiki. Uh, Josh, thank you for being here and lending us your cult expertise. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, well, I'm glad to be here to talk about cults. I, I don't necessarily think that uh, I'm an expert, you know. Uh, it's not like I would actually be able to start my own cult uh, yet. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. It's not like you're some kind of, I don't know, charismatic, narcissistic, megalomaniac bent on controlling people's lives. I mean, not that that's been proven anyway. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, um, uh, anyway, uh, let's dig into this topic, huh? Come on. Our story begins with a person named Chen Hongming, or in some sources, Chen Hongmin, who was born April 22nd, 1955 in Taiwan. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that. (laughs) I I believe that is the, uh, you know, Chinese pronunciation, Taiwan. (laughs) I don't know why I said Taiwan, uh, which you might not. (laughs) I'm just putting weird accents on stuff, Uh, which you might know by its proper name, the Republic of China. (laughs) Yeah, just try and shut us down, CCP. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hey, uh, Andy, um, remember, uh, we we agreed we were going to stop antagonizing the People's Republic of China after we woke up with those decapitated Winnie the Pooh plushies in our beds. Can you just try and keep yourself under control for once? I guess. <laughs> Fucking CCP. I mean, you want to wake up with more Winnie the Pooh heads? No, I don't. Because you kind of freaked out. It was scary. It was dead I mean, eyes. It, it it doesn't mean anything until it's Tigger in your, uh, cut in your head. You know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true, Josh. Um. Anyway, uh, Han Ming uh, said that growing up, his parents... Um, and he observed customs of Chinese folk religion and that his parents were Buddhist. But, you know, religion was not a particularly big part of the Chen household. Uh, Chen grew up to become a sociology professor at uh, Qianan College of Pharmacology and Science in Taiwan, where he worked from 1983 to 
1993. Pretty good stretch. Yeah. Han Ming said he was an atheist until he had a spiritual revelation in 1992. Chen believed he had been called by God to dedicate his life to religion. Han Ming began reading lots of spiritual texts like uh, the Bible and the Tao Te Ching and the Buddhist sutras. Perhaps you've heard of them. I, I, I think I've heard of them, but have you guys heard of my book? It's called The Joshunist Minifesto. It's basically just my thoughts on, you know, how great I am and why people should follow my examples in, uh, in living their lives. You guys should, uh, you should, you should check it out for sure. Andy. Oh, wow. Look, there just happens to be a copy right here. I'm going to start reading this right now. Please, you know, go ahead. Uh, and while you're doing that, I can spend some quality time with the bunk funkers. So, bunk funkers, as part of his spiritual journey, Hong Ming sought out New Age religious teachers he could pay to teach him about their religions. Eventually, Hong Ming joined a religious group called Research Group of Soul Light which combined traditional Chinese spiritual practices with technology. The group was originally founded by Shen Yuhisha, who Hong Ming believed was the incarnation of the Holy Spirit and the, uh, the Maitreya Buddha. Once again, Hong Ming paid handsomely to receive spiritual guidance and teaching. But after a while, Hong Ming decided it was, too, it was sinful for a religious teacher to get rich off their students. He even accused the leader of the research group of Soul Light of being part devil. So along with other disaffected followers, Hong Ming left the group to start his own religion with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> wow. Good choice. <laughs> yeah, that's not devilish <laughs> at all, baby. That's fun. Uh, so it was so it was that in 1993, uh, Shen uh, founded a religion that was uh, kind of like a Sunday bar of theology. Ooh, like a Sizzler Sunday bar. Um, the religion was originally officially listed as the Soul Light Resurgence Association, or SLRA, and incorporated elements of uh, Qigong, uh, Buddhism, Christianity, New Age religions, and, you know, more. It's real, uh, you know, you got your, you got your cherries, you got your nuts, you get your, uh, what else? You get your little, uh, maybe banana. little uh, banana, you've got your banana pieces. Your rainbow sprinkles. Rainbow sprinkles. <laughs> all whipped sorts creams. of Whipped cream. Whipped cream. Mm. It also had a fun element, and this is probably the cherry on top, of extraterrestrial spacecrafts. Neato. Speaking of Neato, wow, what a great book, Josh. Oh, boy. I didn't even realize how much I was contributing to the moral decay of humanity. Yeah, it was pretty I mean, I guess obvious. I, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess really I kind of always suspected it was true, but it's good to know for sure. I mean, thanks be to Big Sky Daddy, Josh, that you're here to help me get back on the right track. Anytime. That'll be uh, twenty nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> you got it. I'll Venmo you. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about some of the SLRA doctrine. One of the beliefs of the SLRA was that, was that of the transmigration of souls, which is basically the process by which the permanent soul can transfer to a new impermanent body at the time of the old body's death. Each incarnation of the soul is another opportunity for the soul to increase its purity. In the SLRA's model, by the way, there are three souls for every person. God. There's your Beautiful. main soul light, which is the primary soul that stays constant through each incarnation of the soul. Uh, there are also the so-called temporal conscious soul and the physical soul, which work together with the main soul light. 
In a fun note, Han Ming believed that in a past life, he fathered Jesus Christ. Han Ming taught followers that the world was plagued by outside souls, which were naughty souls causing all kinds of trouble and which were sometimes demonic. Outside souls feed on spiritual light energies of people and the spiritual air of the mountains and the rivers. Beyond outside souls, there are also devils. Devils actually try to possess humans in order to use them to increase the total evil on earth. There are also fallen angels, which are called King Satans or Heavenly Devil Kings. Wow. Heavenly Devil Kings was also the name of the Swing Revival cover band I formed in high school. We only, only covered Cherry Pop and Daddy songs, though. <laughs> you start a few Zoot Suit riots? Oh, I was Zoot Suiting up and down the aisles, baby. I was looking fancy in my purple Zoot Suit and my slicked back hair with chemicals, pom, pomade, pom, whatever. My hair was slicked back. I look good. Handsome dance. I was handsome. Uh, anywho, according to Han Ming, uh, the King Satans, which is also a very cool name, yeah. um, caused five cataclysmic nuclear war events uh, called Great Tribulations, going all the way back to when dinosaurs ruled the planet and installed their corrupt dino government that ignored their impact on the planet and caused a terrible environmental disaster by detonating nuclear bombs in volcanoes in an attempt to trigger rainfall, dooming the dinos to icy extinction. I mean, you know, this is, you know, again, this is common knowledge, but for more information on the topic, please check out ABC's early 90s docuseries called Dinosaurs. It's all there. <laughs> Nuclear war was clearly a focus for the group. Uh, the SLRA's uh, cos- uh, cosmogony. Now, what does that mean? Cosmogony? Yeah. That's the... Is that like a, is that like a cool... St- like is that like mahogany from space? No, yeah. it's like Desk when mahogany. When two stars love each other, they settle down <laughs> for the rest of their life. <laughs> yeah, now there's some space wood. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh they posited that the universe was created by uh nuclear war. So it's their genesis story. Yeah, cosmogony is basically your your ideas about the origins of the universe. So the SLRA, SLRA's uh, ideas about the origin of the universe, for all the uh, lay people out there, uh, was that the universe was created by nuclear war and was actually a uh, uh, four and a half trillion years old, uh, much older than the scientific consensus of around 14 billion years old. Holy. <laughs> you, usually, yeah. you usually hear like the other way around where it's, yeah, like not not as not as old. <laughs> this, this is, is like, the opposite of young Earth. This is extremely old Earth. <laughs> this is this is ancient Earth. This yeah. this Earth is old, baby. This this Earth is getting AARP. Yeah, this is this is a senior Earth. <laughs> yeah, this this Earth yeah. is going to dinner at four thirty p.m. on the dot and getting the discount. This this Earth needs a little blue pill to help it. <laughs> <laughs> Spacewood. <laughs> So Han Ming taught that in each of the great tribulations, beings who lived in North America were saved by God, who rescued them using a flying saucer, like a benevolent Darth Vader, just like Big Sky Daddy Josh. <laughs> Uncanny. Josh does wear a cape. I do. Well, he should. Yeah. He's a <laughs> superhero. Guys, that's true. If you guys did video, you'd see it right now. Yeah. yeah. We'd like to have video. <laughs> That's on Patreon only, actually. (laughs) So Han Ming believed himself to be a prophet who could save people from the coming apocalypse and deliver their salvation. 
It was prophesied that the next Great Tribulation would happen in 1999. Ultimately, Han Ming believed that spaceships designed to look like clouds would land on Earth and take the spiritually pure away from the troubles. Spiritual, en- uh, spiritual energy was also a big focus of the SLRA philosophy. Han Ming believed that God is one with the magnetic field of the void, which is heaven, uh, and divides his spiritual light energy to create a new life. The group constructed a temple in Peipu village in Isinchu County in Taiwan. This was because Han Ming believed Peipu uh, was a point where spiritual energy could flow from heaven to earth. Han Ming also believed that on February 11th, 1996, all Buddhas and God would descend on Peipu. The temple was to be a base allowing God to operate on earth. Now, despite the special energy in Pepew, Hunming began preaching that in order to escape the 1999 tribulation, the SLRA members would have to move to North America, which Hunming referred to as the pure land of God. Now, remember, bugfuckers, only beings living in North America were saved during the other great tribulations. By this time, the SLRA had multiple sites in Taiwan, and Hanming attempted to get the followers from each site to move to the USA. Some of the followers decided to move, but a lot more decided to stay in Taiwan. Han Ming gathered the folks who were willing to move and started Chen Tao, or the True Way. In early 1997, Han Ming and about 25 Chen Tao members migrated to the Los Angeles suburb of San Dimas in California in the United States. After moving to the USA, the group registered as God's Salvation Church. By now you can tell that Han Ming's religion has been called a lot of different names, And while these names are all fine, in Taiwan, the group was sometimes called the God Saves the Earth Flying Saucer Foundation, which is such a friggin' good name. That's a good name. Art, is that also the name of a deep cut Fleetwood Mac track? Let me know. It is, 100%. Uh, I don't know how to answer to that Fleetwood Mac question, uh, but I do know that name is a mouthful. Uh, I would have named my religion some, you know, Pretty simple and accessible, like, I don't know, the Church of Josh or something. Just rolls off the tongue. Wow. Damn. That's a great name. That's definitely a church I would join. And you can soon. (laughs) Oh, baby. Oh, boy. (laughs) Anyway, in August 1997, Han Ming decided the Shen Tao faith should move to Dallas, suburb, uh, suburb of Garland, Texas, in the U.S., uh, in the USA, because he thought God would go to Garland because it sounds kind of like Godland. Hmm? <laughs> I mean, Our default che- is logic. No, it checks out, guys, because that's why I spent so much time in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. I'm waiting for my <laughs> muscles to arrive. Have, have they showed up yet? Uh, I mean, if we had video, <laughs> you tell me, Josh. So. <laughs> that's Patreon only again. That's Patreon only, baby. <laughs> they haven't. No, they, 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 I could show you this. They're coming. Okay. There's some definition there. Yeah, you did, they don't have prime shipping. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho's, uh, the Shentao group caused quite a stir when they migrated to Garland. Uh, even though their numbers were relatively small at first, the group kept bringing members from California and Taiwan. At its peak, it was reported that the group had about 160 members in Garland, including 40 children. The group brought more than the group bought more than 25 homes in an upper-middle-class neighborhood. Now, according to the Dallas Morning News, quote, 
They dressed in white, wore cowboy hats, and drove luxury cars, end quote. I mean, kind of fucking cool. Yeah. They look like uh they look like uh Doug Dimadome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimadome. <laughs> <laughs> or is it Dale Dimadome? I can't remember. It's I don't know. Dimadome. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's what they kind of look like. They do look like that. Um, and at one point uh, early on in their time in Garland, the group dressed in white robes and traditional Chinese farmer hats uh, then uh, hopped on their bikes and rode around Garland, leaving pamphlets on people's doors. The last people that drove around in Texas in white robes. It's not oh, good. Oh, boy. Yikes. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about that. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. So anyway, despite Chintao's friggin' cool dress code, Garland police were concerned about the safety of the group. Keep in mind, this all was happening after the Branch Davidian tragedy in Waco, which was also in Texas, as well as the Heaven's Gate cult mass suicide. Check out our Heaven's Gate episode for the whole enchilada on that topic and on their website. The fear of mass suicide was also exacerbated due to the Taiwanese press running negative stories about the group, including claims of brainwashing, extortion, and possible mass suicide. Fears were also stoked due to an incident in San Dima, which also got a decent amount of media coverage. A 16-year-old Shen Tao member, Shang Nanhao, was living in San Dima with her father and uncle, who were also Shen Tao members. Shang's mother was not a fan of Shen Tao and remained in Taiwan while her husband and daughter moved to the USA. Shang's father unfortunately died while in the USA, but he wanted his daughter to stay with her, uh, to stay with her uncle and Shen Tao members to ride out the 1999 tribulation. Shang herself also wanted to stay with the group because she was a Shen Tao believer. Shang's mother found out her husband died, and so she came to California to get her daughter, fearing a mass suicide. Shang's mother told pol- uh, local police that her daughter was being held against her will, so police put Shang in custody and reunited with her with her mother who intended to relocate Shang back to Taiwan. Despite evidence to the contrary, Shen Tao was sometimes painted by the media as a dangerous group. They were also sometimes painted as an oddity, or maybe as a kind of funny group. And to be fair, Han Ming was al- also used the press to spread Shen Tao beliefs. There was a bit of symbol- uh, symbiotic relation between Shen Tao and the media. Now, uh, beyond the fears of mass suicide, uh, Shen Tao's presence also upset some of the Garland locals who contacted authorities um, in some cases. So with the context of law enforcement action in California, um, negative press and, you know, neighbor complaints, Garland police got involved with Shen Tao. Police feared there could be an outbreak of violence or that the group would harm themselves. In order to get a handle on the situation, Garland police engaged a religious studies professor from Southern Methodist University to help communicate with the Chen Tao faithful. Ultimately, there were no violent events and police were able to successfully build a dialogue with the uh, Chen Tao members, the community and media. And, you know, the situation never got out of control. It seems like we rarely ever talk about something that involves the police actually doing something right. So uh, (laughs) great job, Garland police. Uh, At least in this instance, you might have messed up plenty of other stuff. But, you know, you got this one right, it seems. Credit where it's due. Here's a gold star. Keep it up. (laughs) (laughs) So while uh, the group was in Garland, while Shintao was in, in Garland, Han Ming prophesied that things would start to get real at the end of March of 1998. According to Han Ming, 
God was going to announce his second coming on channel 18 on all TVs in North America on March 25th, 1998 at 1201 AM, regardless if you had cable or not. I mean, this is clearly a benevolent God, much more benevolent than Comcast or AT&T. That's right. So then on March 31st, 1998 at 10 AM, uh, Han Ming prophesied that God would come to earth to Han Ming's house uh, in a human form with the same physical features as Han Ming, but with the added abilities to speak all languages, walk through walls, and replicate his this incarnation to greet the faithful all at once. Now, following God's arrival during the Great Tribulation of 1999, Han Ming prophesied that God would take control of UFOs to save the faithful. God would then transport them to the shores of Sacred Lake, Michigan, to Gary, Indiana. Uh, later, they would go to outer space and eventually to heaven in the lead up uh in the lead up to god's appearance the shen tao members performed a baptism like ritual in duck creek which ran beside han ming's backyard some of the men in the group also shaved their heads when the big night of march 24th arrived there was a great media interest in what would happen on channel 18 in the wee hours of the morning on the of the 25th the shen tao congregation was buzzing anticipating seeing god on the tube well, unfortunately, the time came and went, and there was nothing on Channel, eight, channel 18 except static. It should have turned to the E channel. It should have turned to the Playboy channel. God. Oh, okay. All right, Mr. Moneybags. God's sitting there. Uh, he's like, damn it. I said 19. <laughs> <laughs> now, not long after, at uh, 1225 a.m. in a pretty depressing <laughs> press conference, um, Han Ming admitted that he was wrong. And that his prophecy about God appearing on the 31st of March was, quote, nonsense, end quote. Which is not something you see very often. Yeah, it's uh, big of them. While Han Ming uh, continued to express his belief in God and God's plan to rescue people from 1999's tribulation, he also sounded a little defeating, uh, defeated, saying, quote, I have never referred to myself as a prophet. I would recommend anybody not believe what I said anymore, end quote. I mean... I guess, wow, I'm having some uh, introspection because uh, that last line is probably something uh, Andy and I should adopt. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to scoff, but I didn't adopt any of my fourth wife, Velzetta's kids from her first two marriages. Why would I adopt that phrase? Well, you know, in a way, we're all children of the same big sky daddy. I think you should show compassion for Vel Velzetta's children. And in fact, all people in general. You're making a lot of sense, Josh. When we're done here, I'm going to have that restraining order lifted. And I'm going to adopt Velzetta's kids. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Good. Good. That was not a good marriage. I'm finally <laughs> going to be the father of Velzetta's children from her first two marriages. Oh, no, God. Oh, no. Oh, I didn't have the full context. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, Bone Funkers, you might think Han Ming was being hard on himself, saying that nobody should believe him. But hey, if the shoe fits... <laughs> Han Ming actually didn't have a great record uh, with prophecy. In mid-1997, he and some of the Chen Tao followers went to Vancouver in Canada to search for a prophesied, quote-unquote, Jesus of the West. According to Han Ming, this Western Jesus was a 27- to 30-year-old, six-foot-tall man from Vancouver who looked like Abraham Lincoln. Wow. That's everyone in Vancouver. Uh, well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's true. Very burly uh, lumberjack types in Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. They're all over the mountains. 
Now, what's fun is that Chen Tao placed personal ads in local newspapers in Vancouver, which, I mean, if we had to guess, were probably some of the best personal ads ever placed. True. Uh, Unfortunately, the Jesus of the West never made himself known. Now, interesting to note, the Jesus of the West was one of two Jesuses that Han Ming believed were on Earth, one from Canada and one from Taiwan, a.k.a. Jesus of the East. The Jesus of the East was a preteen boy and member of the Chen Tao group. Another boy among the Chen Tao faithful was believed to be the reincarnation of Buddha. After a couple days of meditating on why God didn't appear on Channel 18, Han Ming did what any respectable religious leader would have done in that situation. He changed his theology to make it to help make his prophecy come true. Smart. Yep. Always pivot. You always got to be pivoting. That's mm-hmm. the first That's thing right. you learn in business. <laughs> <laughs> on March 27th, 1998, Han Ming put out a press release to explain that every person can cultivate their own spirit, their spirit to become part of God. Quote, in truth, human soul and conscious are homogenous to the structure of God's holy character. Therefore, please seek the perfection of conscious in your soul. God will help you become God. End quote. With this wrinkle in mind, Han Ming uh, reiterated that God would appear on March 31st in the same image as Han Ming. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> then on March 31st, 31st, just a little before 10 a.m., Han Ming went out of his house to greet the gathered crowd waiting for God. Which is a lot different from, uh, it's, it's, it's some ways it's different, some ways it's not different for waiting for Godot. Yeah, <laughs> waiting for God, though. Yeah, waiting for God, though. Uh, Han Ming asked everyone to shake their own hand. Then, in a true gotcha moment, Han Ming told everyone that, indeed, God had replicated, uh, had replicated enough to shake everyone's hand because, remember, each of us can become God. So if we're all God, and we're all sitting here shaking our hands with each other, then guess what? God is shaking hands with everybody in the room. Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) Now, this also means that, boom, God can now demonstrably speak all languages. Gotcha. You just got fucking punked. Checkmate. Checkmate. Checkmate atheists. Where's Ashton Kutcher? Where is Ashton? (laughs) Now, Hong Ming said, quote, the kingdom of God has descended. And God has already changed into human beings. You, yourself, are God. You are human beings as well as God. This is a chance given to us to play the role of God. Quote, pretty clever girl. <laughs> clever. Clever girl. You know, dinosaurs, they were talking about dinosaurs. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, Jurassic Park. Clever girl. Yeah, you get it. Now, to prove that he was like God, Han Ming then stared directly at the sun for a little bit (laughs) and then told the media that he would have gone blind if he wasn't part God. To be fair, it was reported that Han Ming was blinking profusely after looking at the sun. (laughs) Now, even though the sun stunt was a little silly, uh, Han Ming still appeared to want to help people spiritually, imploring people to repent their sins, to open their minds and to stop eating meat. He said that dead animals might visit you in your dreams, asking why they asking you why they died. He also said, quote, if you often eat the buttocks of chicken, you will soon find you have a pain in your ass. End quote. <laughs> uh, excuse me. This guy was talking about eating ass. This truly was a millenarian religion. <laughs> uh, this press conference was also was 
This press conference was all a little bit more aggressive than the presser after the failed TV appearance. Han Ming tried to blame the media for misrepresenting his prophecies and beliefs of the group. Honestly, it's not a totally unfair charge. At the conclusion of the press conference, Han Ming offered to let people uh, Han Ming offered to let the group stone him or crucify him. He had previously said that he should face death in any of his if any of his prophecies failed to materialize. Nobody took him up on the offer, which seemed like a real missed opportunity because Honestly, how many times is someone going to ask you to stone or crucify them? You know, I mean, in my lifetime, it's often, but most people's it's, it's probably yeah. not that many. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a good point, Josh. You know, so far, nobody has offered to let me stone or crucify them. And it's almost like, you know, almost like I don't know. I feel silly saying this. It's almost like you knew my whole past. I mean, you know, it, you know, I guess that leads me. Can, can you see the future? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you mean like like prophecies? Because yeah, yeah. it, it, it's kind of funny you mentioned that, Art, uh, because prophecy is exactly what we're going to talk about next. Holy shit. He's right. He foresaw the next part of the script. <laughs> oh. Andy, calm down. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. <sighs> Andy is riled up, Bunk Bunk. Wow. <laughs> Just take a All take right. a T H O through the max. S- sip of water, you know. Look into <laughs> yeah. the sun. Yeah, look into the sun. Oh, that's <laughs> from the better. bunker. Oh, I know, wow, I know it's hard better. to see to, uh, when we're in the bunker here, but uh, oh, there we go. My there's a little slit you can see in that. There's a cut in the concrete. You can kind of look out there. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's better. Okay. So after the God returning prophecies failed to come to fruition, a lot of Chen Tao members said, "Quote, fuck this." <laughs> And went back to Taiwan. That's a quote. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> While others applied for legal immigrant status to stay in the USA, some other members experienced problems with their visas and were forced to return to Taiwan. Ultimately, about two-thirds of the membership left Chen Tao after the failed second coming. Han Ming then moved uh, the much smaller Chen Tao congregation, uh, reportedly only about 35 members strong. That's still a decent congregation. I mean, yeah, not bad, but small compared to what he has. Yeah, much smaller than 160. Uh, anyway, the congregation moved to upstate New York uh, in the USA. In New York, the group began to focus on the events of the Great Tribulation, which would include a bunch of military and natural disaster events, including a second Korean War, which would culminate in nuclear war between the Republic of China and the People's Republic of China, which would devastate the world and leave only 20% of Earth's population alive. The event would cause God to return to Earth in his quote-unquote God plane to save the Chentao faithful. All of this was originally predicted to happen, of course, in 1999. The timing was later revised since, you know, that didn't happen in 1999. <laughs> The new date uh, was, according to a spokesperson, uh, Richard Liu, 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 yeah, Richard Liu, quote, in the next year, we will, we have no specific date, end quote. Since there were expected events all through 1999, Han Ming had to keep revising his prophecy as those expected events failed to occur. For example, at the beginning of 1999, it was prophesied that China would attack Taiwan. When that didn't happen, they revised the specifics of the attack to be more generic. Military tension. The prediction of the start of the Second Korean War also failed to materialize. 
Now, to help explain why these prophecies went unfulfilled, Han Ming and Richard Liu uh, put out a video basically, you know, explaining that they figured out that religious rituals, uh, that the religious rituals that Chen Tao performed in the past had helped to actually avert the military crises in early 1999. So, I mean, kudos to them. And they said that the rituals only postponed the devastation. And if people didn't start to increase their holiness, you know, these ugly events were likely to happen in the future. So, you know, uh, at this point, uh, they still expected a full on nuclear war to break out later in 1999. Um, you know, Chen Tao should have started a uh, moving company for the NFL since they're so good at moving the goalposts. Thank you. Got them. Thank you. Wow. Is that part of your type five? That's my type five, baby. I do only (laughs) Chen Tao and cult-related humor. (laughs) And the NFL. And you have to know the backstory to get any of the jokes. That's true, you do. Um, So also in 1999, a Chen Tao branch opened in Brooklyn in New York City. Han Ming and the other Chen Tao faithful, which by this time numbered only about 30 people, held gatherings in Central Park and offered spiritual help to AIDS and cancer sufferers. Apparently, the group believed these ailments were actually spiritual problems rather than physical illnesses. Wow. Uh, blaming cancer patients and AIDS sufferers for being sick is certainly a pretty harsh turn from hypothetical nuclear war and spaceship visitation. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. You know, it's, it's not very compassionate, that's for sure. Not, uh, not, not like the J- Church of Josh, which is all about compassion, actually. Huh. You know, I've been uh, perusing this book. Does it seem like a very uplifting philosophy? You know, uh, I, I was doubtful at first. Call me doubting Artemis. But, uh, you know, I would I would I think I'd actually love to become a member of the Church of Josh. I'm, you know, well, good news, everyone. Anybody can join. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> to fulfill our mission as laid out in the Joshunist manifesto, we do need a lot of funds. So just go ahead and give me all your money and personal property. That way we can provide for all of our members. It, it may seem like I'm hoarding all your wealth and living out a life of luxury while you live in a cheaply constructed and poorly furnished dormitories, but that's just your negative energy clouding your judgment. Oh, you're so right. Ah, I just got to stop having negative thoughts. Thank you, teacher Josh. Please call me big ground daddy, Josh. Thank you. Big ground daddy, Josh. Hey, whatever happened to Chen Tao, though, after all that patient-blaming bullshit? (laughs) Great question. Hey, glad you asked, Art. Uh, (laughs) I talk to myself now in the third person. Um, Because that's what Big Ground Daddy Josh told me to do. Yeah. Help get rid of the negative thoughts. It Mm -hmm. helps uh, clear your thoughts and, uh, you know, stops people from talking to you more. (laughs) Yes, which is a good thing. Yes. In 2002, Shen Tao went through its own tribulation when Han Ming was uh, kicked out of the group oh. by other high-ranking members. Holy shit. The Han Ming-less Shen Tao rebranded itself as the Grand True Way and became a more traditional Chinese Buddhist organization. The leader of the Grand True Way was none other than Shen Tao's, uh, you know, the, the Han Ming's former right-hand bro, uh, Richard Liu, and the former spokesperson for Shen Tao. Mm-hmm. Oof. Jesus yeah. Christ. We got to talk about that. Backstabbers. That's crazy. Um, As of the time of this recording, the status of Chen Tao is unknown. In fact, uh, Shen Han Ming's whereabouts are not known. We don't know where he's at. It's anybody's guess, but, you know, maybe he was right all along. 
And now he's on uh, God's plane surfing the fucking stars with Jesus and the silver surfer. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, hey, we're going to give you our verdicts, Bunk Funkers. But, uh, you know, what do you think? Was Hong Ming a prophetic voice uh, trying to save the world from certain destruction by helping us clean up our karma? And I'm not talking about Reddit on Wiki Karma. I'm just talking about regular karma. Or was he just some guy who started a cult? <laughs> Great questions, Art. Um, big ground daddy, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us today. And sharing your wisdom. You truly are a light in the darkness, big ground daddy Josh. Thank you. Thank you both. I can I can sense the purity in your souls. But I need to be sure that you're really committed to the church of Josh and to living by the tenets of the Joshunist manifesto. You must prove your loyalty to me. We'll do anything, big ground daddy Josh. Anything. Uh, oh, okay, okay, Andy, Andy, please. Just just keep your clothes on. Yeah, jeez. Anything. Jeez. No, Andy, zip zip it up. I, okay. I don't need to see the light on all your body, okay? <laughs> we, keep <laughs> some stuff in the darkness, thing. all right? Um, all, all you have to do is just close your eyes and shut them tight. Open your mouth and just trust that what I'm going to put in your mouth will nourish your tummies, your mind tummies, and your soul tummies. Ah... Uh... Uh... The whole enchilada! Yummy! Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of Chantal. With us still is uh, Big Ground Daddy, Golden Boy, Big Sky Daddy Josh, Josh Shell of Let's Start a Cult Podcast and Reddit on Wiki Podcast. Let's Start a Cult Podcast.com, Reddit on Wiki.com. Hi, Josh. Hey, glad to be back. <laughs> <laughs> now, Josh, what are, uh, let's, let's ask, what are some blanket statements? What are some blanket thoughts, like just general thoughts? On uh, Chantal, kind of, is this, is this more, I feel like this one, don't me, let, let me put words in your mouth here, sure. Josh. I have a, I have a tendency to put things in people's mouths <laughs> that I shouldn't. As long as, it's, as long as it's enchiladas, you know. That's right. <laughs> 
But um, I feel like this cult topic deviates from maybe a lot of other ones that you've covered in the past. Is that fair to say? Uh, it has a different, uh, how would I say, a, a different trajectory. Wow. Like, like the cult leader doesn't go until the end, you know what I mean? He doesn't. Um, he doesn't make it to the end. Yeah. So it's that's a, bit of a, a little, twist. little strange. Um, yeah. But I would say it still it still does definitely uh, have that cult arc, that cult narrative, I guess you'd say. Because, yeah. I mean, he starts off uh, trying out a different cult and, and realizing that uh, that person's kind of ripping them off and, and promises uh, a sect of the people that he can do better and we can do better and takes them. And then uh, and then it goes downhill from there, <laughs> essentially. So True. I think I think it does kind of kind of track with most other cults it's kind of a benign cult i i yeah. would i would say it is on the scale of cults like you know you talked about ant hill kids or you talk about fucking people's temple it's like i mean it's kind of it's if if on you know like it's in the middle at yeah, the very least pretty tame. Yeah, if we're going on the cult scale from you know like least extreme to most extreme least extreme being cult one and most extreme being cult 45 um, <laughs> this is definitely like at best medium yeah. it's like cult 15 18. yeah i would yeah. definitely say it, it, it probably leans closer to religion than cult um, yes yeah now i don't exactly know uh if he was taking people's money uh, it's probably assumed that he was so that's kind of shitty but uh, from what we've heard it wasn't abusive they didn't do suicide pact uh he was just kind of trying to get followers and yeah they're uh, walking around dressed up like doug dimidome fucking the big old (laughs) texas 10 gallon hats white suits luxury fucking driving down in their their bmws or their mercedes benzes (laughs) um just fucking rolling baby on fucking 22 inch rims you know what i'm saying like i mean uh yeah the money aspect is a bit of a question with this yeah where's this money coming from Mm -hmm. uh apparently a lot of the chentao members were actually wealthy people wow either through inherited wealth or they have been like you know successful in their careers or whatever Mm. and they had wealth and you know a lot of people had to sell the less well-off people had to like sell all their possessions to move to the USA to have money to do that. Um, so there's some sort of a collective element here, but it doesn't really seem like Han Ming is like forcing people to give up their own personal wealth and sign it over to him or to the group uh, so that he gets to decide what to do with it. It seems like people who had wealth were allowed to maintain their own personal wealth. Well, that's good. That's so. That's that's something that's different from a lot of cults, uh, right? Usually, I feel it, like it's easy to um, identify a bit, a little bit with Han Ming here because he's he comes out hard. <laughs> I mean, at least me, he comes out fucking bold with this big statement on on March whatever. Like Jesus is gonna be on TV, and then it doesn't happen. He's like, oh god, I'm sorry, I not, fucked up. Please not only that, he called the channel. He's like, channel eighteen. Yeah. It's gonna be channel there. eighteen, baby. <laughs> it's gonna be there, and then it doesn't happen. And he just goes, oh. Fuck. All right, guys, seriously, don't listen to me. I'm an idiot. Like, please. Yeah. I, I mean, kind of like he, he is different from a lot of cult leaders in that way that he kind of. Right. And I don't know if it was maybe a manipulative top, uh, like he was being self-deprecating to try and get pity, maybe. I don't know. But I mean, not a lot of cult leaders admit fault and. Yeah. They usually uh, outwardly blame people, which he did outwardly blame the media. And in fairness, I think. A lot of the Chinese media or Taiwanese media might have been unfair to them at some points, but uh, yeah, yeah, 
he was pretty yeah. pretty conservative in in uh, not lashing out at people. You know what I mean? I think the climate at the time in Taiwan, if I'm understanding it correctly, is that well, you're were, a Taiwanese historian. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> I know everything about the history of Taiwan, but please, we don't have time to ask me any questions. That's so, right. Um, we'll have to stick to the topic at hand, and I can't answer any other questions about Taiwan. Uh, the Actually, the only thing I really know about Taiwan <gasps> is that um, it became Taiwan after the Chinese Civil War when the Communist Party took over the mainland and the Republic, Republican government of China got exiled to the island of Taiwan. Oh. And so... What's interesting now, geopolitically speaking, is that the People's Republic of China claims all of mainland China and Taiwan as part of Chinese territory. Right. And <laughs> Taiwan, the Republic of Taiwan, the Republic of China, that government also claims Taiwan plus all of mainland China as part of their <laughs> domain. So it's very that's why you see, you know, today, geopolitically speaking, like governments. Right. Like with a close relationship with China like having a hard time having also a close relationship with Taiwan. Right. Because mm -hmm. they sort of both claim the exact same territory. So both are illegitimate to the other one. Well, thank yeah. you, Taiwanese historian, Andy. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. But I think at the time of Chen Tao, uh, if I'm understanding things correctly, is that groups like Chen Tao were a relatively common thing. Oh. That there were a lot of, I'm going to say, like Buddhist or traditional Taiwanese Chinese folk, folk religion, religions, yeah, um, that had kind of merged with sort of New Age and UFO sort of religious elements. UFOs were hot in the nineties, and so there were like a few of these offshoot groups, and Chen Tao was one of them that I guess people thought was a little weird, um, and so they kind of got painted in a negative light. But you know, at the same time, again, you know, you got the whole Branch Davidian thing, you got Heaven's Gate, like. There were some well-publicized events of UFO-type yeah. cult religion things. Fair concerns. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sort of led people to believe that these were dangerous groups. Yeah. Yeah, they're coming over, yeah, dressing the same. It's very like, oh boy, here we go. Here right, right. It is an interesting but, uh, phenomenon, like it, within the modern times, uh, if this was back in the day and... Like Christianity started out like this. If you think about it, like it was a small group that branched out, spread their word, and dressed the same, yeah. and 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 became oh, yeah. a, a full-on religion. And then cults nowadays uh, do a lot of the same thing. And it's hard to say where the line is. Like when they become a religion, like Scientology, technically, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, right. And, and so it, yeah. it's a question of would these cults become religions if they if given enough time and not pressured into uh, collapsing or, you know, um, or would they, would they fizzle out themselves? So it's, it's kind of an interesting, uh, I wouldn't, I don't know what you'd call it, like social experiment, I guess, kind of. Yeah, no, it is. It. It's, that is sociology, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I think we talked about that, uh, pretty extensively when we, we, we guessed it on, uh, let's start a cult podcast, let's start a cult podcast.com, uh, where you can find our Saul Newton and the Sullivanians cult, uh, topic because, uh, yeah, I mean, when we're not the first ones to make that argument, right? Like, I mean, it's like, yeah, like a lot of cults kind of start as that religion. And I think I think we may have said, like, you know, I, I think a lot of the times with a cult, it's kind of like that that um that sort of like uh like that keeping you insulated into the cult, uh yeah. blocking you from what are you doing? He's playing around with stuff. 
And he's touching <laughs> things in the bunker. He's he's messing around with toys in the bunker. He's got little toys. He's got little action figures. He's playing with them. He's getting up. He's putting his water down. He's fidgeting. Uh, now he's he's back. He's seated. Had to move my cord. <laughs> and he has I mean? a cord. Uh, he has a he has a CPAP machine going twenty four seven. Yeah, I I, uh, I can't breathe on my own without it. Oh, that's anymore. what that noise is. Uh, I get I have waking yeah. sleep apnea. <laughs> um, no, but I think that uh, and, and I think Chantal is kind of interesting in that. Like in the end, I mean, they were kind of harmless to a degree. Obviously, yeah. making fun of fucking cancer patients and AIDS patients. Not great. That was quite a turn, in my yeah. opinion. But, I mean, you know, uh, when you compare it to some of the other things that have happened in cults. Eh, relatively tame but um uh very new agey but then they were just sort of like eh get the fuck out of here dude we're done <laughs> with this bullshit like prophecy doomsday bullshit like we're just gonna be like kind of buddhist-esque now yeah and I kinda, also we're gonna chill here in texas go away <laughs> i mean, we love texas jo- <laughs> josh new york wherever they were at josh i don't know how you feel about this but um i kind of feel like han ming had to walk this this razor's edge line where in order to keep people interested in what was going on, there had to be some sort of event. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, there had to be something else. Cause you know, if you just say, Oh, it's, it's just, it's basically just like a reincarnation, like, and you increase your purity. Like he's not really <laughs> peddling anything new. So he kind of had to like add it in this doomsday element. And if people aren't really, presently afraid of the end of the world it's probably not easy to get them to commit to anything so he had to kind of throw out this 1999 date but then by doing that he also made a definitive hard stop like you're either going to be right or you're going to be wrong (laughs) right and you know it's like I, i don't know he had to walk this line of like trying to make a thing that would encourage people to join which was moderately successful at um, but then also you kind of set yourself up for failure unless you actually do know something. Yeah, that's, so that's where it gets tricky because a lot of cults do this, right? They, they make a, a doomsday, uh, this is when end of time is going to happen. And then that time comes and they go, oh shoot, I actually meant this date and they have to re-evaluate and, and I'm can guarantee they lose people, uh, after the first date. My question is, um, because, and again, I hate bringing this back to Christianity because I, I know it's not a cult. <laughs> no one, please don't anyone attack us for this. But um, it, it does have like that end day, right? That second coming of Jesus where uh, he comes right. down and saves everyone, right? So there is that quote unquote doomsday scenario where if you're not, if you're a non-believer, you're not going to get taken up. What they did correctly though, was they didn't put a, a date on it. They're just like, sometime. Right. Sometime he's coming, you know? It's going to happen. And <laughs> um, I think that... Oh, go ahead, Josh. Oh, and I was just going to say, I don't know why cult leaders don't do that more, where they're like, sometime this will happen. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because they don't have the... Maybe the clout that Christianity did when they made that prediction. But um, it, I would say, like, at least set it like further back in time rather than like a year or two ahead of time, you know? <laughs> Give yourself True. a little bit of breathing room to come up with the next lie or something. Uh, right. It doesn't make sense. But. In a lot of ways, I think that Christianity, you know, they, it's like, it's, it's a smart thing because it does increase that urgency. Cause like with Christianity, it's like, well, you only get one shot. 
But I feel like with Buddhism, it's sort of like nobody <laughs> wants to come back as a slug. Right. <laughs> but you kind of yeah, get I mean, especially lives. when you were like a human slug like yourself. Right. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> I will be a slug. I mean, Actually, I think a slug would be an upgrade for you. <laughs> a slug would be nice. I would love if somebody would coat me in salt and that I would just dissolve into the salt. I mean, I wish that would happen now. Um, so, I, you know, with with where there's reincarnation of your soul, I kind of feel like there's 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 more than one chance, right? Like you get do overs, you get a True. mulligan. But like with Christianity, it's sort of like you get one life. And then at the end, you're you either going shot. to heaven or you're going to hell. You get one opportunity. Don't miss your chance. <laughs> right. You know, mom's spaghetti. Right. Monster. Flying spaghetti monster. Um, mom's flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> mom's flying spaghetti monster on his, on his, his robes already, which, <laughs> you know, it's what one, it's what more progressive parents, that's what they refer to as mom's, you know, anatomical sex organs. <laughs> mom's flying spaghetti monster. What the fuck? Dad's going to go eat mom's flying spaghetti monster. Jesus Christ. Uh, you had me in the first half, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know where Andy's religion is going. Hey, He's, uh, it's going to weird, wild places, baby. Andy's offshoot of the flying spaghetti, pastafarian uh, flying spaghetti See, monster. See, in my uh, religion, uh, the thing is, you don't even have one whole life. You get decided at the midway point. <laughs> Whenever that is, you don't know how long you're going to live. That's right. You, but your fate's already decided. So you either go you got to be really good, and you have to keep doing it because you don't know when it's going to be past the midway point. Yeah, and room. and you either go to heaven or you go to hell or you keep living and uh, reevaluate again in forty years or something. <laughs> right. Because if you, it's if, a mortgage based cult. Yeah. yeah, you can refinance your life. You can refinance your life at any time. Get a low APR on your life. <laughs> Zero interest in Andy's life. Pastor Andy's house of life lending. I'm giving 69%. Um, you know, this is a, um, it's, it's UFO cult is, is always kind of interesting to me too. That it's just like, uh, um, I, I also really enjoy the idea that they want to move to Garland because it sounds like Godland. Yeah. I mean, that is just like, you know, that's just the stretch kiss right there. I mean, that is like something I would do where it's like, well, it sounds like Godland. Yeah. I also enjoy Gary, Indiana being like <laughs> a holy site because the, the Great Lakes were a big focus. That's why they ended up in upstate New York. Right. You know, but Lake Michigan, Lake Erie, um, they're very like. They think that the the Great Lakes are holy sites, and it's just so funny that of all the places along Lake Lake Michigan is huge. Yeah, and there's so much so much land that abuts Lake Michigan, like four states, I think it. Touches. And of all the places they could have picked, they picked Gary, Indiana, in the <laughs> mid '90s. <laughs> Gary, Indiana used to be a uh, bustling, booming town. I again in the mid '90s. They yeah, picked Gary, no, not no, not in the mid '90s though. Strong decline on Gary, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, I um, did appreciate the shout out to Vancouver as a Canadian. You know, yeah, that's we, true. That's true. Jesus of the West. When, uh, Josh, quick question: Have you ever seen the Jesus of the West? Yeah, what's Jesus of the West been up to? Well, I'm on the east coast of Canada, so uh, right. I don't see the Jesus of the West <laughs> as uh, much. Well, remember, this was just Jesus of the Western world. Oh, oh, oh! I see. So, uh, not right. necessarily Western North America. You, right. You know the amount of hipsters I do see in. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> see, I would think that. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got Jesus of the West, Jesus of the East, you got Jesus of suburbia, which Green Day prophesied about. Yeah. Um, I think I like the idea of Jesus of the East being a preteen boy. What do you think preteen Jesus would have been up to? 
uh, <laughs> crushing on girls. Oh no, girls had cooties <laughs> at that point, I guess. Uh, yeah, preteen, um, no, preteen. You're definitely, you're definitely, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of having those budding hormones, going through puberty, getting bullied, and I imagine yeah. it going like this. So, like, he's getting bullied in the school playground or whatever, and he go, he gets pushed to the ground, and he says, "Stop it, or I won't give you a second life." <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, turning water into wine keg parties, <laughs> throwing, throwing keg parties, uh, you know, washing people's feet. That was a big thing in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Washing feet was huge. Yeah. Real foot fetishes. Yeah, right. Big in the Bible. Fish fetishes at the Bible. You know, when, when Jesus got a little bit older though, and he was, um, in high school. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately he, there was a bit of a dust up oh, yeah? in his family, uh, and the family of a local girl because he got her immaculately pregnant. <laughs> And she had to drop out of high school, and he had to he had to become an auto mechanic to support her wow. and the baby. An auto mechanic? Yeah, he had to he had to he had to quit quit high school, become an auto mechanic apprentice. You're not a carpenter? No. So so he's, no calls for carpenters anymore. He's the one that keeps auto trying mechanic. to push the new filter on me when I go in. Right? That's, That's right. right. Damn it! That's preteen Jesus. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who can lube you in a jiffy? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ. You'll be saying, Jesus Christ, that was fast. <laughs> and they'll say, say, thank I you. I know. Here's a, a tip is appreciated. <laughs> Cash, please. Um, Don't what sp- else about uh, Chen Tao is a, um, is a fun little uh, nugget that we want to uh, discuss, Andy? Any, um, Are you digging the philosophy? What do you mean? Of Chen Tao? Uh, transmigration of souls, mm. um, God flying spaceships for salvation, five cataclysmic events with more to come. It, wow, five cataclysmic. What do you think about dinosaurs in a nuclear war? That's, that's sick. Yeah, I love that. That's fucking dope. I think With the dinosaur government and all that stuff, and then there's a fucking nuclear bomb and it killed the dinosaurs. Yeah, that's fucking great. Yeah, that, I'm all about that. That would be a good movie. I'd watch that. Now, did you realize that 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 was not a joke? in the research that the TV show dinosaurs ends with the, we say so corporation detonating nuclear bombs and volcanoes to encourage rainfall. Oh, I actually did think that was a joke. So that's funny. <laughs> that's how the series ends. Oh God. Nuclear winner. I have to go they watch clear it. cut- the ABC one, right? With Disney. Yeah. The, the Jim Henson puppets. What? Oh my God. Yeah, they- oh, that show. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the other one that was on the Disney channel. Which I guess I should have realized that would not be in your lexicon. That's probably in Josh and I's lexicon <laughs> of, of Disney's dinosaurs. You remember when that came out? I do. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I do remember that one. Let's see, Josh gets that. What's that? They had a dinosaur series. It was like a talking dinosaur. And uh, it was like a Carnosaurus. And there's a ride about it at Disney or something. Yeah, uh, it might, I think it's on Disney Plus, actually. It's on Disney Plus, yeah. Andy. Well, you wouldn't fucking know. Well, you know, I was talking about the ABC sitcom Dinosaurs that was Jim right. Henson puppets. And I John learned, Goodman? I learned during research. No. Not, I'm not the mama. Yeah. That, that oh, one? Yeah, that I mean, one. the dad kind of looks like. Those are creepy as hell. Uh, Kevin Clash, the disgraced former Elmo puppeteer, was uh, worked on that show, too. Wow. Look at that. Yeah, they're creepy. a lot of controversy in that one. Yeah, yeah, it was a very controversial show. I did hear about that ending, though. I do. I am familiar with the ending of that. That uh, yeah, there's a nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, they like they destroy they 
it's either they, they clear cut the forest too much or they they make some sort of plant life extinct and it ruins the ecosystem and so they decide they can plant a bunch more but they need rain to make it grow um and so they decide the way to make rain would be to create clouds by detonating bombs inside of volcanoes that checks out <laughs> yeah it checks out i mean that's what we do today yeah uh is we detonate nuclear bomb <laughs> yeah we just detonate a nuclear bomb yeah and so that's what they did and then it turned out you know to just bring on nuclear winter interesting so so he came up with this prediction after the tv show do you think he was just a big fan of the tv show I guess it would have been sort of around the same time. Um, yeah, I guess it would have been. It was 91 to 94 was the show. So, yeah. Uh, wow. So it would have been I mean, either close. this was in the zeitgeist or. So uh, interesting, interesting uh, factoid. Uh, calling this back to Heaven's Gate. When we were on it, we actually made the connection between that and Space Jam because we thought the connections were pretty similar <laughs> with the basketball and the aliens. Uh and we thought maybe they took uh, some some artistic uh, values from the the movie, or vice versa. So maybe this is huh. a similar thing where we can well, start that's a, start our own conspiracy. <laughs> wow! So it's like uh, in the Hale Bob Comet was uh, their own version of the Monstars. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's good. so they were getting suited up to play the game, and uh, huh. they lost apparently. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, yeah. yikes! <laughs> maybe they did win after all. Uh, maybe they played some celestial basketball right. against ancient demons in heaven, and they dunked on them hard. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Josh, any other points about uh, Chen Tao that you you were just jonesing to bring up here? You're just Jim Jones in to Jim bring up here. Jim Jones. Um, before we maybe get to, we're gonna have to figure out what our verdicts are. I guess we could kind of do uh, some verdicts here. But um, are there any other factoids about the the topic here that you want to bring up, or about Colts in general? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think as far as cults go, this is pretty uh, um, pretty milk toast. You know, it's pretty right in the wow. middle. Uh, it, it, it's an interesting one, and definitely has some wild. Uh, predictions and prophecies, and then, yeah, again, going back to the calling out, um, what was it, AIDS survivors and stuff like that? Not great. Uh, so can't forget that. But as far as cults go, hey, you got AIDS and cancer. Yeah. It's your fault because yeah. you didn't pray enough to the UFO Jesus. Not so in his spaceship. <laughs> that part's the only probably part I would frown upon. But you know what I did think about? So this is like late. 90s early 2000s um ufo jesus and his badass abs and they're in <laughs> new york in the early 2000s you think there's a prediction they could have made about that if they were <laughs> uh, oh god yeah <laughs> you know man can you imagine if they like wow they fucking predicted that yeah. and then he was like see see <laughs> see oh man this would be a totally different topic oh it'd, it'd be he still we'd, we'd all be uh we'd all be in this cult <laughs> we'd all be chantal baby yep yeah so. Wow! Yeah, that is a real missed opportunity. It, it seems like it. Maybe that's why they for them to out. claim <laughs> for them to claim responsibility for nine eleven. Oh God! Well, that would have been a way to get the group publicized. <laughs> would have taken some of it. No, it wasn't terrorists. It was my religious group. Yeah, it would have taken some of the Shen heat Tao. off of uh, George. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. 
Nah, that's an interesting point, Josh. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, just uh, something that hmm. clicked in there. I was like, you know, if you guys were really prophesizing things, that could have been a big one. <laughs> How do yeah. you feel about cult leaders making prophecies in general, Josh? Good idea, bad idea? Uh, good idea in, in the sense that I could see it being useful as a cult leader because you're giving people an ultimatum either believe me and then be saved or don't and die. So that's right. a, you're, you're striking a lot of fear into people. Yeah. So it's a good, saying, this is going to happen. You either need to get on the fucking ship or get up, <laughs> shit on the pot, get on the pot, shit on the pot, <laughs> shit on the or pot, sit on the or pot, wipe that ass and get out. <laughs> that's, you know, that classic saying, uh, that classic, old saying, classic yeah. saying. Uh, yeah. that four, 14 trillion year old saying, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it actually is a Buddhist sutra. That is, true. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, classic chant of devotion <laughs> so yeah i think i think that would be my only uh i i i think it's a useful manipulative tool but not quite clever when they uh make their predictions so close to the time they're at or as specific as they do um now let's let's talk a little bit about the church of josh because obviously we're now <laughs> full-fledged members mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. big big round daddy big sky daddy josh yeah mm-hmm. what would be the church of josh like if you actually had to start a church of josh would be maybe one of the tenants? Would it be obviously? I mean, I let, let me predict one. Does it have to be that you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan? Yeah, that would help. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I imagine the Church of Josh might say that the Toronto you're going to predict wins of the Toronto Maple Leafs every single year, and then just be just have to come up with excuses for why it's not your fault that they didn't win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, once they win, we all go to heaven. Um, <laughs> so. We're going to be dead. That's a very positive out, outcome. Maybe the Stanley Cup is actually a spaceship. Ooh. And you, when you win the Stanley Cup, uh, your team wins it. You all get to get put inside of the Stanley Cup and get transported up into heaven. No, no, not every team. Fuck those other teams. Uh. <laughs> uh, okay. But all the Church of Josh followers definitely will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone who's a Leafs fan would get to go up. Well, actually, no, that's not true. Wow. I don't like all Leafs fans. They're kind of annoying. Oh, wow. <laughs> Church of Josh members. Yeah. Gotta be a member. Um, yeah, you hear that, Thunder Bay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta really, really believe and and be positive about the Toronto Maple Leafs. You can't be negative, <laughs> like everyone seems to be online. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that's a fun one to do. Um, be a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, uh, and then if you've watched every game that season, you get to go to heaven if they win. <laughs> <laughs> you stuck it out. You did the. Those were your devotions. Yeah, that's true. The, it's it's torture. For for years of <laughs> for in, an eternity of uh, of heaven is I think it's worth it. Um, you know what I like about Chen Tao? One thing I do like is how they retroactively. This made me think of this retroactively, like said, "Ow, we went back and we checked checked all this information that we had, and we actually did these rituals that." you know, made our predictions invalid. That's pretty funny. So the predictions were still true. It's just that we did stuff in the past that changed the future. It's like, that's smart. That's actually kind of a smart way to make yourself, make your predictions be like, well, actually we were, well, it's like that that means not wrong, but no, (laughs) my prediction was not wrong. It's just that we didn't realize what we did in the past changed that. So when I received the prediction, it was right. But you know, it's since changed. It's like uh, the Marvel What If series. <laughs> this is true. This is what would have happened if you guys uh, believed harder. <laughs> uh, That's right. a good point. 
Um, I think it's time to get to our verdicts here on Shentao. Um, now, obviously, I think we could make a verdict on where in the world is Shen Hanming. Where in the world is Shen Hanming? That's right. <laughs> and um, maybe not as popular as where in the world is Carmen San Diego, but um, not as sexy. Where in the world is <laughs> Shen Hanming? Um, and we could also, I guess, I don't know what what else could we could we could we prophesize whether. Uh, I think that's what we did for Heaven's Gate was like whether we actually <laughs> was Jen on. Did he know what he was talking about? Or not? Was he right or not? Are we? I guess that would also make you a Shentao believer, right? But, if you uh, if you go case confirmed, you are um, Shentao believer. Now, Josh, I'm going to share with you. This is a very um, likewise to your your podcast. Let's start a cult. Let's start a cult podcast dot com. Uh, the cult scale. Um, oh yeah. We have the the bunker scale of plausibility. Now, this is a scientifically tested. Um, this is a, it's, it's valid. Um, Einstein himself. Einstein, him, that's true, Josh. So you, you're familiar. Einstein himself, mm-hmm. um, actually worked with the scale. That's perfect. And, um, I'm going to share this with you. You can use it to help guide your prediction. Okay. Uh, let me just quickly, there we go. Cool. So, right. um, yeah, so so there's the a little scale. bit of explanation on how to use that. That's scale. right. That's right. Andy, so, please teach Josh how to use the scale. So, Josh, what you'll notice is that uh, from the left, uh, we have case closed. That's the furthest on the red part of the scale. Uh, that basically means that in this in this context, you're saying Chen Tao, don't believe it at all. Han Ming, way off base. <laughs> um, nothing was right about it. Case closed. Um, and then you go, there's lots of little, you know, we go from plausible quark to plausible um, antiproton, plausible molecule, plausible smidge, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. We get straight in the middle. That's just straight up plausible. You could go either way. Uh, and that's that's a valid verdict, too, to say straight plausible. Uh, to all the way to the right side of the scale, the green side, which is case confirmed. In this context, that'd be you saying, you know what? Han Ming was right. <laughs> Chen Tao, everything was correct about it. Um, the tribulation of 1999 was averted by the holiness of the Chen Tao membership. Thank them for their service. Um, we need to find Han Ming right away so we can all achieve salvation. Um, so that's that's how you use the scale. Okay. Um, so I, I guess I'll get kicked off. And yeah. I'll give my verdict. Yeah, um, and then and then Josh, we can throw it to you. Sure. If you'd like to yeah, that, absolutely. Defer, defer to me. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to give, I'm going to give this a plausible quirk. Wow. And I'll tell you why. Cause I really, obviously a lot of the prophecies didn't come true. No. And I'm not so much in belief of like, oh, they actually averted it by doing spiritual things in the past. That feels like just a cover, but you know what? I'm going to say, I don't know that, uh, Han Ming was so off base on the fact that, there probably is some sort of like big disaster coming for humanity. <laughs> okay. And that right. we probably do have to change. Th- I mean, this, sure. is, this is a very TJ uh, W kind of verdict for me, I guess a little yeah. bit. Um, but <laughs> we, the, 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 there, there are things that we should change as a species in order to like ensure that we don't completely destroy the earth. Sure. Um, so I'm giving him a little bit of credit yeah, uh, okay. for at least raising the awareness. Plus, seems kind of genuine about caring about people's spiritual development. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, so I'll give him a, a smidge of credit. Wow. Uh, well, a quirk of credit. A quirk of credit, which uh, is not very much. As for 
Han Chen Han Ming's Where's whereabouts. His, his whereabouts. Where in the world? I gotta guess he's in Taiwan. Wow. I would guess that. You know, he probably was like, I got kicked out of this group. Um, got to feel pretty defeated after that. Yeah. I mean, you kind of your whole church left you. Um, the fact that he sort of disappears and that it just doesn't seem like anybody knows what happened to him just leads me to believe that he probably went back to Taiwan. Maybe he's in Peipu right now. Yeah. In, in Gotta Sin- love to see his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, his resume when he's trying to apply to new jobs. Like, well, what were you doing from... 1994 to 1999. Oh, uh, I started my own. I, I was an entrepreneur. Started my own business. I was an entrepreneur. I ran a little company called Chantal. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'll bet he's just lying low in, in yeah. Taiwan. Um, you know, I don't think that he probably got rescued by God on a spaceship. No. <laughs> I perfectly acceptable yeah. verdict here, Andy. Now, Josh, obviously, uh, now the ball, the, uh, the uh, verdict ball. Has been passed to you. You can either uh, pass it to me, or uh, take your own verdict. Or you can slam it home. Or you can slam dunk it home, Josh. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll actually nuke it. Um. Oh! Whoa! <laughs> Here's your chance. Do your dance. It's the verdict jam. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I am gonna go with plausible uh, smidge. I think. Wow. Okay. So my reasoning because they take a lot of stuff from. Uh, Buddhism, and I don't want to shit all over Buddhism. I think it's a fine religion. You know, it's right. not hurting anyone. It's it's uh, they believe you come back. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Um, but uh, definitely off on lo- all of his predictions. Uh, I think he mm-hmm. was a false prophet in that regards. And um, yeah, I, I I think he was way off with the cancer stuff. So gotta yeah. I keep shooting at that one, but we can't forget it because it is terrible. And pretty bad one. Um, yeah, I think there was a good reason why he was kicked out of his uh, cult, and they started trending more towards Buddhism rather than prophecies. So, definitely going to give it a plausible smidge because the smidge is for the Buddhism. The non-plausibility <laughs> wow. is for all of his prophecies. And uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, okay, very fair, Josh. Very fair. And where do you think Han Ming is today? Where is he? I think Han Ming. Josh is like, well, I'd love to welcome to the show. <laughs> is oh in God. my <laughs> landlord, Han Ming. <laughs> I've invited him. No, uh, I'm going to say he's in Montana, aka Whoa. God's country. Wow! <laughs> great, because I great, pulled, great suggestion. Uh, I think he got Incredible. confused again, and just he's in like, Big Sky Daddy country. <laughs> yeah, I think he was confused and went, "Oh, that one has God in its name. We'll go there." <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow! Call him Han Ming Montana because yeah, <laughs> I was hoping it would sound more like him. It kind of did. It. Yeah, I, I picked up. I, on I tried. It. Yeah, I got, I got that. There's definitely something there. We can workshop that. I mean, he was traveling miles and miles. He's got a he's got a blonde wig. That's why we haven't found him yet. (laughs) That's why we haven't found him yet. He's wearing a wig. (laughs) He's actually Sia. (laughs) Oh, there we go. (laughs) Um, he's gonna get abducted from the chandeliers. That's right. Um, (laughs) now, Josh, that was a uh, absolute. uh, You you really did. uh, You dropped a nuclear bomb of a verdict. That was perfect. Awesome. Um. I'm going to go, uh, I mean, I'm going to go case confirmed on the dinosaur theory because that Ooh. is fucking <laughs> awesome. It's been documented. No, actually, I'm going to go case closed uh, on wow. everything. I'm going to be the one. Uh, All the way, baby. Yeah, no, this is just uh, a guy 
who kind of he didn't really do he didn't have a lot of that like that that ew, that bite like if he was cheese he'd be just kind of be like a Monterey Jack that's fair a serviceable cheese a cheese that you can add to something to make it stretchier meltier creamier the fuck is this can you fucking relax you bring up cheese it's mediocre <laughs> I didn't say mediocre I said Monterey Jack serves a purpose okay but when you compare it to sharp cheddar. I'm talking about like that biting, that cult leader narcissism, that sharp cheddar. Like when you look at like a Jim Jones, you look at like mm. a uh, even even the Heaven's Gate cult guy, uh, Applewood, Applewhite. Um, it leaves that taste. You in look at that, I get, it, I get you. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like that. He, they have that biting narcissism, that that charisma, that that cult leader status. Where is I think Hunming? You know, he's just kind of like uh, he's there, but he's not he. I mean, what cult leader looks and says like, oh my God, I was wrong, you guys. I'm I'm a fucking loser. Like, don't believe me. I'm sorry. Crucify you know whose fault it was? Yeah. Cancer patients. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> AIDS patients. Yeah. I think he got a little carried away. This guy was a sociology professor. He knew social manipulation. He knew what to do, but I think that his heart wasn't in it maybe mm. as much. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, he got kicked out and then I think he's done. I don't think he did anything. And I'm going to say... Let's say he's in Canada. Oh, wow. In Vancouver, looking for Jesus of the West. <laughs> I'll, I'll my grow, favorite John Wayne movie. I'll yeah. grow my beard and go out there and see if he identifies me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's wearing, uh, yeah. He, he's Josh, his... the more you can look like Abraham Lincoln, the better. That's true, Josh. I'm trying to think if I could. I don't think I could. <laughs> I'm not tall enough. <laughs> that's uh, That's really what... Uh, that's really what the whole point of this podcast was, is we just really, we just to, really want to get you to look like Abraham <laughs> We need Lincoln. to start looking more like Abraham Lincoln. All right, okay, okay. I'll uh, grow my beard out. A, a historical figure who is not associated with the country in which you were born. Yeah, very true. <laughs> um, but don't worry, you'll be splitting rails in no time, my man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. Um, but but Bunkfunkers, those were our verdicts on Chantal. Let us know what you think. Um, use the hashtag... Uh, it's got to be something like Dino Nuclear War, or oh, I love Ooh. it, Dino uh, Nuclear War. Let us know what you think about Shentao. But before you do that, before you do that, please do us a favor. Check out our friend Golden Boy slash Big Sky Daddy Josh Shell's podcasts. Uh, Let's start a cult podcast dot com for Let's Start a Cult and Reddit on Wiki, Reddit on Wiki dot com. Josh, anything else you want to plug? Uh, anything else you want to talk about besides those two shows? If you've got another show in the works or anything, anything fun coming up with those two shows, some episodes you're excited about, please. Oh, man. Uh, I couldn't do another show. That'd be way too many shows. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you're collecting shows. Yeah. Uh, Bless you, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> I want to do Scientology eventually. That might be early next year. Wow. Um, Is that going to be a multi-parter? That's a big I one. That's a big one. That will be a multi-parter. And wow. if you don't hear me afterwards, you will know why Tom Cruise <laughs> hunted me down. Um, yeah, you went wherever a, you live, Josh, it's going to be bought by the church of Scientology. Yep. Yeah. Just all of Ottawa. He's going to buy it and then <laughs> <laughs> find me. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, in regards to Reddit on Wiki, we're always doing uh, fun and new things. Um, very cool. I'm trying to think what we just did a Nick Cage episode. Uh, wow, oh, very fun! The Superman movie that a, never released. Uh, so that's a good one. Um, oh, yeah, starring. What about uh, Patreons? Patreons for the two podcasts. You have Patreons where people can go and uh, uh, or, or, or donate, give a little bit of support to the uh, 
indie podcasters out there? Yeah, if if you want to support Reddit on Wiki, uh, like if you if you go listen to the show and you love it, uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Reddit on Wiki. Uh, as far as Let's Start a Cult, uh, I only have a buy me a coffee. So if you go to my website, there's a little buy me a coffee button in the bottom left. If you click that, you can uh, support me with however much you want. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, uh, we wow. have some bonus stuff on Reddit on Wiki coming out soon and then um, we're also you can also get episodes a week early uh, if you support us on Patreon there there you go very cool yeah very cool Um, well thank you again uh, Josh Um, now obviously after you've checked out Let's Start a Cult and read it on Wiki um, you of course can you know find us at MrBunkerPod at gmail.com at MrBunkerPod on Twitter and Instagram um, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time.com. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time.com. Find us on if you feel so inclined and you have the means to do so. <laughs> there you go. Please feel free to, we would welcome the support of the show. Uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Uh, check out our videos on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, we're at youtube.com forward slash something forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. You can also just search Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Actually, if you just search Mr. Bunker into YouTube, I did it the other day. A Mr. Beast video comes up first, Ooh. but then we come up second. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Number two on YouTube. You're coming for the, the Mr. Beast throne, eh? That's right. Yeah, we're gonna we're coming after you, Mr. Beast. Watch out. Uh, Watch out. And uh, um, fun fact, if you do all that for Mr. Bunker, uh, go subscribe to everything, you automatically get a pass to the Church of Josh. So Wow. Uh, little, little Look bonus. at that. What a great tie-in. Yeah. There you go, Bunk Funkers. This is your chance to worship Big Sky Daddy Josh <laughs> with the help of Prophet Big Ground Daddy Josh. Oh yeah. Um, Josh, thank you again so much for taking the time to be here in the bunker with us. Um, any um, any last words before we eject you out of the? <laughs> is it like, <laughs> did my chair just shoot me out? Uh, um, does the you'll see. Does the ceiling open at least? It's better if it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's better if you fun. don't. It's better if you don't know exactly how it's going to happen because you don't want to tense up your okay. body. Will you want to go be, up or will you, you go down? Be you want to be loose and ready for anything. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, it's hard to be loose now, but uh, I, either way, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, I appreciate you guys coming onto my podcast. Uh, so, oh yeah, oh yeah. Shout out to that episode Thank if you, you guys want to check that one out. Uh, you guys were great in that, and then yeah, I look oh. forward to uh, eventually coming back on and. Talking Toronto Maple Leafs because I don't get to do that enough. Uh, <laughs> wow. My girlfriend's sick go. of hearing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be your girlfriends. Yep. Yeah. We know what it's like to have significant others who are sick of us <laughs> and don't want to spend any time with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for for our, our, our amazing guest today, uh, Josh Shell, uh, but not for the titular Mr. Bunker, and for my desolate co-host, yeah, my desolate co-host, Andy Hart, I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Yummy. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? 
In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? (coughs) Or just a horrible accident? (coughs) That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.